0: What rookie rusher impressed us most at the Combine? Who is the Ravens' receiver to own this year? And what running back shocked us the most this past season? Plus, from roto and 2QBs, Joe Payne will join the show to break down all of his 2017 FFPC best ball success and his tips on Drafting Successful Superflex Squad. We've graded, uh, got a great show for you. If I could talk. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts. Now. What more can I say? We top-billing it. Valiant without billing it. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning looting in it. Killages. Murderers try to hurt us, we curse them and all that I just want the bread and bologna bundles to talk away. I don't work for free, I am barely giving a book away. Hotel begging Johnny and, and Mommy to get the fuck away. Hey, yo, here's a gun sign that run, get it to go away. Live to shoot another day. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you bulkholics and gerzak addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is, of course, the patron saint of fantasy football, the dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, who is the fastest running back at the Combine? Why are last year's number three and number five running backs being drafted nearly two rounds apart? And Joe Payne will drop by shortly to give his thoughts on exploiting tight end premium scoring, whether Dak Prescott should be avoided, and a lot more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so with the show at at hsf.bauer.com. at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak, and Joe Pano can be reached at Pano. That's P-A-E-N-O. You can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFF If you want to give us a call tonight, do so at 347-426-3682. That's 347 game Over. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball@gmail.com at or check out our website at hsffhour.com. If you have any questions for us, Now's the time to send them. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. The man behind the glass is our mutual friend. Audio engineer is Bryce. Mutual friend Rob, I should say. <laughs> I almost forgot his name. He uh, he is running the board tonight, and uh, Bryce is the audio engineer. I uh, want to say something right at the top of the show if you are interested In getting into a best ball draft, they start at $35, go up to $250 for the stuff we have available, both in the live and slow format, the normal and the super flex format, the classic and the best ball format, all at myffpc.com. So definitely check that out uh, tonight. Dave, busy day at the Combine. I know you're crunching the numbers right now. If you need me to vamp for a little bit while you finish those up. No, it's fine. Okay. Well, we definitely uh, are excited to hear this. Do we have a, a – is, is it a good segment of, of rookie running back talk? We haven't had one of those yet this season, but I, I feel like one's on the cusp tonight. Yeah, tonight will be good. Tonight will be good, okay. Lots well, of information from the combine. I'm excited. This is uh, this is the unofficial uh, kickoff to the, uh, you know, the dynasty season and, and certainly uh, a lot of the stuff uh, that happened at the combine tonight. Uh, We will be discussing, maybe even preview some stuff that will be happening tomorrow. Before we get to that, let's get into the meat of the show. I want to bring in uh, tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He describes himself as just another Italian with 47 kids, a podcast enthusiast, and a best ball specialist. Hailing from Gangster's Paradise, he was able to win six, count him six, FFPC Best Ball Leagues in 2017, notching a second-place finish in another. You can find most of his work at rotoviz.com and 2QBs.com. Two, uh, That's T-W-O-Q-B-S.com. You can connect with him on Twitter at paino P-A-E-N-O. Please welcome to the show, Joe Paino. Joe, thanks for stopping in tonight. Really appreciate this, man. Hey, likewise. Thank you very
1: much for having me on. It's an honor. Uh, man, Just there's been a lot of Amazing high stakes, high roller guys, uh, you know, and gals before me. And uh, I'm honored just to be a part of it. So thank you for for having me.
0: Well, we're honored to have you on. This is uh, this is obviously uh, exciting. Anytime we can get somebody who's on the cusp of uh, of uh, the cutting edge of draft Twitter and fantasy Twitter, this is, uh, you know, we, of course, we all follow you there at, at Paino. A lot of great stuff from you there. A lot of great stuff at roto and 2QBs. I want to get into that. Uh, more when we uh, when you know we preview what's coming up, but tell us what you have done for RotoViz and Two QBs. The type of content that you normally churn out for those sites.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, just kind of getting started last year, I kind of broke out with uh, you know I decided to start putting some of my thoughts out there, and I uh, wrote a uh, a piece on Carson Wentz, a quarterback that was you may have heard of, and uh, it was let's see, it was in February of last year. So it was kind of like when everybody had kind of fallen off the bandwagon. He started off real hot, and uh, I went all in on him, and I kind of, you know, made my case for why. I, and uh, that was a big success. And uh, with Rotoviz, I didn't have my best intro. I, I wrote a breakout piece for Austin Hooper. He kind of, you know, under underperformed. We'll just say that. Uh, but I've been doing some off-season work for Rotoviz. Um, wrote a, a couple preview pieces for the Rams and the Browns. Um, doing um, a bunch of QB profiles for two QBs right now. I'm kind of working on those, and I am doing um, a few other prospects, like running back
0: prospects. that I'm about to uh, finish up for Roto Biz. Yeah, and we'll get. We want to get into the running back prospects. it will be a running back heavy show tonight for you. And for anybody who's. Uh... Uh, wants to check out uh, some predictions and some uh, well-thought-out analysis of both what the Browns and the Rams could be doing in free agency, definitely check out uh, Joe's work at rotobiz.com. Let's talk about Carson Wentz here for a little bit because, as you stated, 13 months ago, Joe, you were telling anybody that would listen, listen, you need to get Carson Wentz on your team uh, in in your best ball league. Uh, You need to have him on your roster because he's going to pay dividends. And, of course, he was a leading MVP candidate for – almost the entire NFL season until he went down. So tell us a little bit about what got you so excited for Wentz last year, and then tell us maybe if there's a guy, a quarterback out there right now, that this year maybe is is, is sort of duplicating a lot of those same qualities.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Um, You know, just to start off, I I actually have been a lifelong uh, Redskins fan. I've suffered through a lot of of, uh, years, but because I've watched them before so faithfully, I watched the – you know Carson Wentz kind of just flash um, last year, and I started to see you know who this player could be, and and I actually ended up buying a jersey, which is kind of sounds kind of crazy for a Redskins fan to buy an Eagles jersey, but you know he was just pivotal in you know my own analysis and things like that. He was a big success, so I I am currently wearing the Carson Wentz jersey that I bought just uh, in honor of. Wow that article. so I'm i I'm out. I touted it pretty hard. So that was, you gotta, you know, take your victory lap when you can. Right. Um,
0: so, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. he,
1: I was, wa- I was watching it. The biggest thing for me was that he didn't have a good supporting cast. Um, and everybody was so quick and this is just really a lesson for all of us to just remember. I mean, not that we don't know it, but just people are so quick to just decide oh, this player's trash or he's great. And we just love to, uh, you know, just quickly, you know, just throw the, the gavel and just say, Hey, that's the verdict. That's it. There's no question. And everybody was just saying that he was a bad quarterback when in 10 games, when Lane Johnson was suspended, he was getting rushed so much and he didn't have really a great supporting cast. His receivers were dropping the ball left and right. They, I think they all, they led the league in drops that year uh, for his receiving corpse. And, you know, it was, just, it was just embarrassing to see people just, you know, completely miss that. Um, and I was just frustrated. And I, I like to go against the grain. So if I can find something like that and I find some sort of evidence, that's what excites me really. is like I just get bored of, of this the same stuff because there's just so many smart people out there. And, uh, you know, I like to be different. So that's really what I look for is try to swing for the fences. A good call on Wentz. You know,
2: I I I was one of those people who threw Jared
1: Goff into the trash
2: and so yeah. I realized it was it was Jeff. It was all Jeff Fisher's Jeff doing. Jeff freaking yeah. Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's uh let me ask you about last year's uh, best ball leagues. You took you won six leagues. You took second in another. When this was your first year playing FFPC best ball. How were you able to achieve so much success right away out of the
1: gate? Uh, you know. I I really like the format. I like the depth of uh, you know, just the depth of the leagues and and your scoring format. So I was kind of excited about it. I I kind of got into it a little bit late in the season or I was kind of, you know, starting off kind of timid and then I started really enjoying it and feeling like I had a good shot. But um I usually um I'm not somebody who's just going to nail like the early picks necessarily. I I think I do fairly well, but my strength in my evaluations, is usually the depth. So I think your format really uh, suits uh, my skill set. Um, and you know, there's a lot of things that I saw that I was kind of surprised by. Um, the scoring definitely lends itself to getting one of those top QBs. But uh, people would really those QB runs were vicious, and I just decided if there wasn't a top guy that I was going to take. Um, you know, obviously, like a at the time last year, you know the Breeze and Brady and, um, you know, things like that. I was just going to wait it out. There's only a few QBs that I really would have, um, you know, taken ahead of, you know, those those runs. So I decided to wait them out a lot of times. I took them in groups. So I went QB by committee a lot. I ended up with, you know, Carson Wentz, of course, in, in most of them and, and some Jared Goff and some um, Deshaun Watson. And I took a lot of flyers later on. And I really faded tight ends a lot, too, and I took them in groups later on because I wanted to – if I couldn't get an elite tight end, like a 100-target guy, I wasn't going to um, to reach for them. So I really went receiver running back heavy um, earlier on because there was just a lot of receiver value, too.
2: Well, talk a little bit more about the tight ends. I mean, I, you know, that's actually been a pretty effective strategy for a lot of people is waiting on tight ends. Um so is that is that gonna be your general strategy? And to go along with that, sometimes in these drafts you'll see some guy clowning around, or maybe that's his actual strategy. He'll draft like three elite tight ends right away and you're like, God, now they're they all go, you know. So if they put a lot right. of pressure on the tight ends, especially if you have two guys doing that. Um, did you see that happen once in a while? And then how did you adjust to that as well? It's my going up to oh, a yeah. I mean, what's your general tight end
1: strategy? I love I love when people get aggressive and things like that I love it but I think my personal thing is I usually if I start to feel like I have to do something I don't do it um, because I usually try to fight that urge and and I don't like reaching um, and things like that because it usually doesn't pay off but um, I, with the tight ends there's only like I said there's only a few. Tight ends, that I really would would take early, and I, I still did take like the Gronks and Kelsies and things like that early on if I could. Uh, but unless they're getting like a hundred or more targets, uh, I'm really not interested in taking them in the first few rounds. I mean, I would I would see some of these guys who are gonna, you know, say like a Kyle Rudolph or something. Like he's gonna be a he's gonna be a, a red zone you know option, but he's not gonna get a bunch of um, you know he's not gonna get big reception bonuses. You know what I mean? So I I felt like he was getting a little overvalued. Or guys like that. I'm not just singling out Rudolph. But um, yeah, I just went for high targets. That's why I liked Ertz if I could get him. But I wasn't really going to go and try to reach for for tight ends.
0: Joe Pano is our guest tonight. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter at Pano16FFPC. Uh, best ball leagues last year, took second place in another. You can uh, also check out his work at uh, roto and 2QBs. And let's talk a little bit about Superflex, Joe, because when we pre- when we break down that draft strategy, a lot of people consider it just a quarterback's arms race, uh, pun intended, and uh, they'll just try to gobble those up as fast as they can. Is that the right approach that, that that people should be taking, or is there maybe a little bit more of a nuanced way to know the right time to skip over certain quarterbacks in favor of, you know, running backs, receivers, or tight ends.
1: Oh well, I'm I'm a big fan of of Superflex and, and two QBs. And like I said, that was my first article. is for two QBs. If if anybody's interested in Superflex and things like that, definitely go to two QBs and check them out. They do a great job um, with all things Superflex and two QBs. So that's a great resource. But um, I haven't done any best ball superflex best balls yet, but I love that format and will be doing it this year. Um, with with my strategy, generally, I'm going to try to get, you know, a top QB if I if I can, um, right off the bat. But I I don't generally want to lock myself in and grab a second quarterback, unless it's just an elite guy I can't pass up, because um, then it just kind of boxes you in, and you really are going to Uh, cannibalize yourself a little bit later on if you know there's just going to be a lot of value you pass up in other positions even though the QB might be a higher scoring player you're going to end up cannibalizing yourself a little bit um, down the road when you could you know start grabbing some of these later on quarterbacks that'll have a lot of value
0: that people might pass up later Joe Pano our guest tonight here on the uh high stakes fantasy football hour let's uh Dave little uh Dynasty rookie talk. We've waited long enough. Let's get into it here. All right. So, did you watch? By the way, did you watch any of the combine today,
2: or did, were you trying to stay away from of
1: today? I'm. I, well, I've been <laughs> I've been super busy this week, and I've been uh, I've been frustrated because I haven't been able to watch anything. But I'm kind of I'm catching up. I've been definitely paying attention, um, and I've been watching a lot of tape. I'm catching up though. I, I actually was hadn't watched a lot of tape until the last like month. I just kind of got into it and stuff. But I'm really. Really diving in right now.
2: Okay, so let's just say you hop into a league tonight or tomorrow. Let's say, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you had to choose between Nick Chubb, uh, Ronald Jones, who by the way pulled out pulled out cami today uh,
0: doing the yeah doing the forty. Still did it in four six six though. That was kind of impressive. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, or uh, Sony Michelle. What uh, what do you think?
0: Um,
1: I'm I'm definitely a Chubb guy out of that group. I I, I like my Mich- I like you know both those guys. I haven't done as much um, Jones. Tape like I'm kind of really back and forth with him with what I have seen, um, but Nick Chubb is a guy I really really like. He's just a phenomenal runner. People were kind of overblowing the whole um, injury. He came back real strong, and he he looks he looks really good in everything I've been watching. He's a you know just a born in born born to run the football. Um, he's not as great in the uh, receiving end, which is something I covet. Um, and that's the reason why I'm kind of interested in Michelle, but he's going to be somebody who needs, like, a really good landing spot, um, and I'm excited about him, too. I just don't think he's going to be in the same tier as Chubb, unless he lands in, like, a, you know, like, Kamara landed on the Saints. Unless, you know, Michelle has that kind of a perfect dream landing spot, um, it would be hard for me to, to even come close with, I think Chubb's far and away better than uh, him as a prospect.
0: Let me, let me follow this up with, uh, with some more Nick Chubb stuff since I know that, uh, that you do like him, uh, you know, for, for fantasy purposes. Nick Chubb a couple years ago, Joe, was a guy I really actually liked quite a bit, and then he had that ACL injury. And now I'll be totally honest with you. I do not watch a ton of SEC football, and really the only Nick Chubb I saw this year was in the college football playoffs. So I, I, this is an incredibly small sample size. I don't know, if you, you know how much more you have watched than me. Um, to me, and again, I'm speaking from a small sample size, to me he just does not seem like the same runner that he was pre-ACL. Now, I know that, that uh, you know, I, I may be, um, you know, speaking out of turn here since I am not an SEC expert. But talk, because I, I want to like Nick Chubb, and I just I haven't been able to since the ACL. Talk to me a, a little bit about what you've seen, if you have seen anything pre-ACL injury and then post-ACL injury. Talk to me a, a little bit about, um, you know, if you have seen the difference or if it looks the same to you.
1: Sure. And, and you know, just to be transparent, I am – I'm really not um i don't watch a ton of college football during the, the season because unfortunately uh I can take pretty much one day of football to watch and you know, i'm I'm doing Sundays. <laughs> right yeah my kids are all all hanging out with me and stuff and if I did Saturdays too my wife would would probably divorce me but <laughs> um I do watch a lot i catch up a lot afterwards so don't worry. you know i'm not super far ahead or anything like that but I did watch um I did. I did try to watch some of the old Nick Chubb and and some from this year, and I totally see what you're coming from if you're talking about like the champ. You know, towards the end in the playoffs and everything, or the championship, um, he he didn't have like a crazy good game. But man, when I did watch him in other games, you saw the speed where he would pull away from defenders that really stood out to me. And I, I did see some some a lot of clips of Matt Waldman uh, tweeting that out as well. So if you ever want to kind of take a a peak. Matt Waldman did a great job with Nick Chubb um, after uh, the injury, so that might help you convince uh, or convince you more than than maybe what I'm going to tell you. But I did see a lot of explosion. I saw some fluidity in his hips that I was really impressed with too. So the burst, and you saw he ran a 4.52 today at his weight, which is a really, really strong score for him. Um, So honestly, I don't think there's a whole lot to worry about, but if you want to check it out, check out Matt Waldman's um, you know, Twitter handle and, and that scouting portfolio. If you want to get a better idea of that,
0: yeah, we definitely will. We're obviously huge Matt Waldman fans, and I do believe I actually saw some of that. I think I don't know, maybe it was even your Twitter feed, but I saw somebody retweeting some of the hip stuff that that Nick Chubb um, displayed yeah, okay. uh, running through the was... line. And yeah, I thought that I thought that was you. Yeah. Um, so you know, I I think that you have opened my mind enough to uh, start liking Nick Chubb again. I, <laughs> I am not I am not uh, the closed minded Sony Michelle uh truther uh, that i was before so hey, good and, I'm, and I'm and i was the hand
1: guy hand touting hand. alvin kamara before so like you would think i'd be the sony michelle guy because he's kind, you know like that kind of a player but um you know and i'm not doubting him at all he's a nice prospect but his landing spot is going to be a little bit more important um so we'll have to wait and see on that but man chubb yeah he's going to be a really good runner so i'm excited
0: Good, good. I am too. Uh, Joe, let's uh, talk a little bit uh, about some non-rookie receivers here. Josh Gordon currently going in uh, FFPC best ball at the 409 pick, and we don't know who his quarterback's going to be yet. Now, after Gordon goes, still in that late fourth, um, early to mid fifth round, you could get guys like Demarius Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald, Alshon Jeffrey, and Allen Robinson there instead of Gordon. Given that Gordon is going first, would he be your selection over those guys there? Or is there somebody in that, um, in that group of Thomas, Fitz, uh, Jeffrey, and Robinson that you actually like a little bit better than Gordon? This is for best ball purposes.
1: Sure. Uh, man, honestly, I, I like all of them better than Gordon. I love Gordon as a talent. Um, he's <laughs> awesome. phenomenal. But I would take every one of those guys, I think, before Gordon um, in best ball. Um, and, you know, Gordon, if, if everything was kind of equal, Gordon would be right there in terms of, you know, he's just a phenomenal player and he's an elite athlete. He's amazing. We all know that. But there's so much risk baked in, not even to not even saying, like, just about his quarterback, but just, you know, he gets one random poppy seed bagel and he'll have a failed urine test and be out of the league. So, I mean, you know, I don't I don't know how how to quantify that. Larry Fitzgerald, who had 100 and what 108 catches last year, is, is being drafted after him. I don't I don't understand that.
0: Dave, you uh, I know you're a big Gordon guy. Would you be drafting Gordon over over any of those guys between <clears throat> Demarius Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, and uh, Larry Fitzgerald?
2: You know, I, I actually kind of agree with you, Joe. You know, I like Gordon a lot too. All of them over Gordon, is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, Fitz, Fitz for sure is one that... I mean, I know if, he's, you know, he's a slam dunk for me. Because, you know, he, he's this guy's about to retire and he's still putting up top
0: six seasons. You know yeah. what I mean? So,
2: But all those guys are really good players. I know not Gordon, there's just too much risk, though. So. There is... I yeah. mean,
0: there is the aspect of... We we don't... I mean, we know... We've heard everything is coming along good from Allen Robinson on the, you know, recovering from the ACL, and I, I don't have any reason to believe that it isn't. Um, but... Maybe that's the one case I could make is I would take Gordon over Robinson there just because, sure. A, we're not totally sure that Jacksonville is going to have Robinson. Uh, B, uh, we don't know how healthy the ACL is for sure because we haven't seen him doing anything yet. And C, there's the Blake Bortles factor as well, which is not as big of a factor as I think it, it, as a lot of people make it out to be. Let's get to some emails here, Joe. Uh, first one is from Chris in Atlanta. He writes, hey, Joe. Is Dak Prescott easy to pass over as the QB 14 right now with the running game dominating a receiving core led by an aging Des Bryant and an underwhelming Terrence Williams? Keep up the good work, Chris, in Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks for the email, Chris. I, I want to say, Terrence Williams, maybe he maybe he's not a free agent. I thought he might have even been a free agent. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on with Dallas's receivers there, but let's apply it to Dak Prescott. 13 quarterbacks going off the board before him right now in FFPC, Joe. But is he a guy that you'd actually fade and, and look maybe at, at the quarterbacks going after him given, you know, the the situation that his receivers and, and he are in right now?
1: Well, you know, I, I'm actually really gla- glad that uh, Chris brought it up. Um, it's Chris, right, from Georgia?
0: Yes, yep, Chris. It was. Chris okay. from Georgia. thanks,
1: Chris. I'm glad he brought that up because I was uh, actually writing a piece on Dak Prescott. I was waiting to – kind of see how things were going to shake out with ADP and things. But I was I was assuming that he was going to be falling, um, you know, because his dynasty value was starting to fall a little bit, but mostly just based upon, you know, recency bias. That's what we do best in uh, as fans and, you know, evaluators. It's just <laughs> sure. what we remember. It's the human, you know, it's, it's just the way that we're made up. And I try to fight that because, man, we've, we were so high on, on Dak before. And in my Carson Wentz article, it's funny because I used, you know, Jared Goff and Dak Prescott. It was mainly Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz that I was comparing because at the time everybody was so excited about Dak Prescott and everybody was just, like, bashing Carson Wentz because he was drafted so high and, and Dak is over, you know, outperforming him and blah, blah, blah. And now it's like the complete opposite. It's so funny, and um I think he's absolutely a buy right now and the the main difference last year wasn't um it's not necessarily the the running game that's this uh negative factor it's uh man they had some some offensive line changes uh last year Zeke was out a lot when zeke was playing he averaged i can't remember the number i started starting to write it, so it's somewhere buried in my notes, but I think he it was at least three fantasy points. Difference per game when Zeke was playing um, that Dak Prescott would score. You know, he, he was scoring over 20 points, um, fantasy points per game compared to like 17 or something like that. Uh, but anyways, it, it was it, the offense as itself was really clicking when they were playing together. Um, and I think they'll add another receiver, you know, to complement it and things like that. So I'm predicting that Dak Prescott is going to have a, to ba- a bounce back season. I think you should absolutely. Be buying him at that price for sure.
0: Prescott, price, you got know, Dave, he pr- it you provides were on the him. rushing value too. Yeah, there's the rushing aspect too, which uh, definitely works in this factor. Dave, you were all on him. Um, uh, was it his rookie year or his second year? I can't. I can't remember what it was. It was more, you, you more were, second year.
2: Oh, oh, I don't go crazy about quarterbacks as rookies usually. And we've
0: already—that's true. And we've already discussed that in FFPC. Well, I mean, any scoring. QB 10, both years. And Joe brings it up, the recency bias. We think yeah. that he had a bad year last year. He really didn't. For, for yeah. fantasy, I mean, nine yeah. quarterbacks out of him, both years. His rookie year. Yeah, that slump. The, slump, the right. slump is what is what we remember. A slump buster. Uh, one more email for yeah, Joe yeah. Buster, yeah. sure, isn't it? Sure. It, well, what, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Brad in Jacksonville, Florida. What's up, Paino? Of all the skilled position rookies at the combine this weekend. Which specific athlete's measurement is the most important to his draft stock come April? Uh, thanks for the email, Brad. This is an all-encompassing, wide-ranging uh, question here that you could go a variety of ways, Joe. And I don't know if you even have a personal feeling of, of a guy that you think needs to do well this weekend in a certain area, you know, 40 or bench or whatever. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think, you know, it, it sounds kind of lame, but I
1: think the weight – is very important for, um, you know, for running backs or, or just for especially running backs. Um, you want to be – if you want to be a, a actual, you know, bell cow back or at least have the, the ability to, you know, tote the rock in the NFL, you're going to have to be plus 200 pounds um, in order to, to get some, you know, decent amount of, of carries. That's something I'm looking for is their weight on the – The athleticism is important. Don't get me wrong. I'm very interested in that. Uh, But, really, all those things together, you know, they're just having all just the um, collegiate profile as well as, you know, good testing. If if Then their draft stock is pretty much locked and loaded at that point. And you are looking for um, running backs to go in the top three rounds to be Uh, major, you know, have a really good chance of being successful in the NFL. You can find running backs that are undrafted free agents, you know, like Rain Foster or fourth-round picks. I think Jordan Howard was a fourth-round pick, things like that. But the majority of really strong NFL running backs um, are going to be in the first three rounds. So um, I don't know if that's the exact answer that you're looking for, but I'm, I'm looking for the athleticism. But really I want it to mesh with their collegiate profile. Um, and just having having a decent you know weight. You don't want to be too light because then you just you know you're just bound to be uh, banged around in the NFL. You can't run between the tackles if you're too light.
0: Joe, uh, let's. I, I know you haven't. Uh, you're not in 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 deep best ball mode yet because you're you're working on content for other sites at, at the moment. But if I was to ask you a guy that you think is going to be drafted in the early rounds that probably won't be on very many of your teams this year because you are worried about him busting, who would that be? And conversely, is there a guy maybe in the mid-rounds or later on after those early rounds are done, is there a guy that you think is is going to be underdrafted this year that not enough people are talking about, maybe because of that recency bias uh, that we alluded to earlier, Uh, but but a guy that uh, you think is going to bust and then a sweeper that you're going to try to be targeting?
1: Sure. Um, this is actually this is something I really like, is just trying to forecast and predict and kind of be ahead of the curve. Um, just as a, I guess, just explain my, my methodology. I don't even know if it's a methodology, but it's just the way I think. I like to really start from the foundation and look at uh, everything from like a GM, a general manager, and a coach uh, point of view throughout the whole NFL. I try to see, you know, what's changing, their, what their salary cap's like, um, you know what their free agency and draft might be like based upon the GM and the coach, especially with new coaching staffs, because then it kind of gives you a little bit of an edge. You know, nobody really necessarily knows what they're going to do unless you're really paying attention. You can kind of forecast it. So a team that I'm kind of looking at um, this year, because last year was it was one of them was the Rams. We knew that McVay was coming in and he was a strong offensive uh, coach, and I was a, a Redskins fan, so I kind of knew kind of what to expect and what players would fit where, um, but with a team that was pretty awful last year that I'm watching is, is the Bears, um, and it's going to sound kind of crazy, but Matt, um, and I'm going to butcher his name all of a sudden, is it Matt Nagy? Is it—is it? Is he, uh, I believe he, that's correct, yes. I,
0: yeah,
1: he came from Kansas City. He was their offensive coordinator. Um, he's you know, the Bears have really kind of been, they were struggling to kind of be creative, but now I, I see them kind of installing a new offense. Um, they're talking about Tariq Cohen, kind of using him in kind of like a Tyreek Hill kind of a role. So he's a guy I'm, I'm looking at because he really impressed me uh, with his receiving skills. He's just hes just really uh, talented with the the ball in his hands. He's just He's really a, a talented player, and, and he's strong for his size. So he's he's tiny, but he's he's really strong and quick. Um, so I think Tariq Cohen's a late-round uh, running back you can look forward to uh, in best ball formats pay off. I don't know where his ADP is at, at the moment, but I'm expecting it to be fairly low. Um, and, and honestly, Mitch Trubisky, I think, is in a good position to take late um, in the draft is like a, you know, second, third quarterback with some high upside in best ball leagues. Um, he's got, he's got the running ability. He's a great athlete. I wasn't necessarily like thinking I was going to be all over Mitch Trubisky necessarily, but I think with the new offense, they're going to add some pieces at receiver, they're terribly disgusting at the moment, but I think that they'll add some um, pieces that'll be their primary focus in free agency, I think, and maybe the draft. Um so if they can do that, I think that they'll we'll start to see some some equity in in Mitch Trubisky, Tariq Cohen, and the uh, the Bears offense. So that's that's something I'm I'm kind of starting to watch, uh, or I have been watching. Something to fade, uh, man. I, tight ends, I'm probably going to be fading. Like I said, I'm not really sure particularly which ones yet, but um, I'll probably be fading the the top tight ends and quarterbacks. I I honestly will probably say Carson Wentz, depending on where is he being drafted right now?
0: I can tell you that Carson Wentz is is, – it's a little surprising to me. I I think he's being overdrafted. He is going right now at the 709 pick uh, right now in FFPC draft. A guy who might not be ready for week one of the season. And you're looking at, Dave, only only five – excuse me, Joe, only five quarterbacks going in front of him. So he is the sixth quarterback off the board right now. So if he was healthy, I would have no
1: problem with that. And I would – I mean, he would be – Close to one of my top, you know, overall quarterbacks, and I'd feel super confident with Doug Peterson there, and just that amazing offense um, that they run. It's just perfect for for him. Um, but it's just that is a really a, a, a complex injury. It's not just the normal ACL thing. As again, I mentioned this before. You know, RG3. I'm a Redskins fan. I've been through the whole RG3 thing, and I'm not going to compare them, but the injury, the instability of his knee that I saw when it kind of wiggled back and forth, it gave me shivers. And it reminded me of, of the whole RG3 thing a little bit. Um, and I don't know that he'll be ready, and I don't know that he should be ready right in the beginning of the season. It's early, you know. I know it's early to even kind of speculate. But, man, in best ball, like, you're putting a lot of draft stock um, in the hopes that he is going to be ready and that he is, you know, on a per-game basis, Absolutely, he's he's worth it. Uh, but there's a lot more risk there than I, I want to pay it in the seventh round. So I'd probably be fading my, uh, you know, as I wear the jersey, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to fade him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know the other thing to to you know because a lot of people say well just take. Nick Foles, uh, you know, super late, and I'll have Wentz, Foles, and, and somebody else, and I'll be all set. Well, that's fine as long as you know Foles is going to be the starter for week one, which I don't think we officially know yet. Uh, that's – that there, or, you know, if, if Wentz isn't ready to go, we don't officially know that Foles will be the guy. Uh, Philadelphia hasn't really tipped their hand as far as what they're going to do with him yet. Uh, regarding your Bears, I'm totally on this, Joe. Uh, I, I like Trubisky this year as a late quarterback. He is going in the twelfth round of uh, FFPC best balls right now at the 1202, so certainly uh, you, you can get him pretty easily as, as your number two, maybe even your number three in certain cases, depending upon how you are building up those uh, uh, quarterback or your quarterback stable. And Tariq Cohen right now going at the 909 pick, so still a, still uh, in the single digits, but he has gone as late as the twelfth round before too. It it is, and it's higher than I thought, too. But bear in mind, that's still almost seven rounds after Jordan Howard uh, is going. He's going at the 304 right now. So Cohen, uh, still a a very good value there. And I'm with you, man. Once a a guy like Matt Nagy, uh, who coached a guy like Tyreek uh, Tyreek Hill last year, and we saw what he did, the steps he made over the last season and a half, and then he comes to Chicago, and one of the first things he does was compare Tariq Cohen, uh, to uh, Tyreek Hill, I, I think that there's a, a message there that fantasy owners need to be paying attention to. You've alluded to it already, Joe, but tell us what's coming down the pike for you, both at two QBs and, and Roto. anything that we should be looking for? Sure, um, I appreciate it. I am, like I said, I'm kind of
1: a, uh, I'm kind of finding my way because I, I definitely feel like I bring a different viewpoint to the table, which I, I do want to be able to share. Um, so I'm kind of looking for those things. I'm going to be – I'm really focusing on the, the running back class. Um, I I really like to make, you know, those bold type of predictions. Like last year, I, I still I still kick myself because I wrote a uh, – or I almost ro- finished an uh, Alvin Kamara breakout piece last year before he was – before, you know, Adrian Peterson was gone and everything. And I wrote it on the Satan's backfield, but mostly on Alvin Kamara. But I never actually – finished it, because I was like, ah, whatever, the season's here, nobody cares, and I was just like, ah, whatever, and I just just filed it away, and I was tweeting all the time, like, in the off-season about Alvin Kamara, and I just never did it, So, or I never uh, wrote anything about it, so this year, I'm going to uh, publish many of those, and I'm going to make sure that I, I don't let that happen again, so I'm almost done evaluating the running back class um, and that'll be probably a big part of it because I think this running back class is going to be exceptional. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I will be putting out some pieces for, for Rotoviz. I'll be doing a lot of QB profiles for QQBs, kind of working on a couple projects with them as well um, for uh, like kind of like a, a Q quarterback command center. They have a, um, a series called 32 for 32, which is kind of like a spinoff to ESPN 30 for 30, and that's like their – QB profile. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I'll, I'll be doing it kind of throughout the off season, but right now I'm focusing on studying film and kind of getting my, uh, just getting my running back class kind of figured out. So I understand where to take Rashard Penny and, you know, where to take these guys that are going to be uh,
0: breakout running backs. He told you all about Carson Wentz. He told you all about Alvin Kamara and he won six FFPC best balls last year. I don't think we need any more proof than at Pano on Twitter is where you need to be following Joe and reading his stuff at 2QBs and RotoViz. Great stuff tonight, Joe. Thanks so much for joining the show and letting us pick your brain for a good half hour here. We certainly appreciate it, and best of luck to all, you, uh, all your leagues this year, and we'll be looking out for all that great new content uh, that you'll be churning out this offseason. Thanks so much, man. Hey, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. It was an honor. Joe, Joe Pano, ladies and gentlemen, from RotoViz and 2QBs.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Pano. Great stuff from him tonight. I, uh, I need to be following. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the alert thing with, on my Twitter app for, uh, for at Pano. Whenever he starts tweeting, I'm going to find out who he's on this year. You know how many leagues I would have won last year if I would have had Wentz and Kamara in all my leagues. That's a great point. Actually, that is a really great point. And you could have got him. You could have got him free in every league.
2: You know how he's a. You know how he's a. You know he's a badass guy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's at Pino, so like.
1: Yeah.
0: He it got first. Just, just his, his first. last
2: name. That's right. He got it yeah. first before all the other people figured it out. And,
0: and think about it. He's got 47 kids. He's an Italian and 47 kids. That's 47 kids he's with pad- the last oh. name Pino. <laughs> so he beat out all 47 of his kids. What he if your last, last name people? was like Bitcoin? You'd, 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 be you'd be screwed. You'd, you'd be trouble. You would be screwed. Uh, let's get to the fantasy flash here, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to Football Guys Riddle World and Rob for tonight's rundown. Saquon Barkley ran an official 4440 Friday at the NFL Scouting convoy, according to Adam Schefter's Twitter account. Barkley had a 4:42. I was timing it with my stopwatch
2: during the during the
0: thing. Oh, were you there?
2: No, I was watching on TV, so I was Oh, trying. okay.
0: Well, you know, your TV has that delay. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, but the, the delay is an equal delay. <laughs> I was making a joke. <laughs> so was, it was I. I didn't know you couldn't land. land. Uh, on his second attempt, he got a 4.42, um, 233 pounds running a 4 four forty. It was uh, pretty insane. What did we say for a speed score? Is like 123 something? Yeah, I got 124.33. That's insane uh 20 one of the highest 29 reps on the bench press 41 inch vertical he is 21 years old dave and again this is we don't want to be uh, you know praising him too much because these were all numbers that are awesome but kind, we kind of expected because he is uh, a, a freakish type athlete and and definitely one of the best if not the best athlete uh in this class rc fisher our friend a former guest of this show collegefootballmetrics.com. He's more of an acquaintance. I mean, R.C. is like a
2: little higher. Hey, he's, an he's an acquaintance. Higher level. He's an acquaintance. Fine. We should kiss off to him a little, we little bit. We should get
0: him back on the show so we can call him our friend.
2: <laughs> we should, actually.
0: We should have R.C. back on. We should. Okay, so anyway, he had a roundtable discussion about Saquon Barkley. You can't go anywhere and find anybody who has anything bad to say about Saquon Barkley except for these guys and uh, at R.C. Fisher's uh, roundtable talking about Barkley. Give us the cons. Saquon Barkley this year for anybody who thinks he is God's new gift to football because there were some good arguments in there of why he might not be the absolute 100% slam dunk a lot of people think he's going to be.
2: Well, it's interesting because they actually, I'm trying to pull this up here, on NFL Network even, you know, because it's such a I mean, it's so, it, it's like syrupy it's so thick in there. Yeah. It's disgusting how much they're in love with all these Yeah. Guys. Uh, but well, even Mayock actually kind of pointed out that a lot of times Barkley would try. He would, he would be kind of like people. Imagine Reggie Bush running, right? Especially early in his career, he would try and create everything, bounce outside. And he'd have too many negative runs, and that's an issue with him. And and even Mayock actually yeah. brought it up as something that people see. And uh, one of you know one of the people in this thing they said that he runs like or he looks like Tarzan. And he actually runs like Jane. That was one of the things he yeah. said that if you take away. Five percent of his attempts, which is which is a lot actually. Mm-hmm. The other ninety-five percent of his attempts, he only averaged two point one yards per carry. Which of course, all the attempts count, right? But you know, you know, you have Barry Sanders. You know, that he was another player that he would he would bust off seventy-yard runs, but then he would have a lot of negative runs. It wasn't really that. There were times when it wasn't that good for the Lions.
0: Yeah, um, I will say this too. Uh, it's important to realize that whoever drafts Saquon Barkley is not going to ask him to be a Leonard Fournette, you know, Chris Ivory. Banger, LeGarrette Blunt banger between the tackles. That's, that's not what he does well, and you're kind of doing a disservice if that's how you plan on using him. Which is interesting because Darius Geis, who is, you know, kind of considered the number two running back in this class, he's like the exact opposite. We don't know how good of a pass catcher he is. We don't know how good of a pass blocker he is. We do know that he will run people over and win those collisions. So I don't think Barkley is ever going to be that type of guy that wins those collisions, but there, there is, I mean, you you should realize that this guy did a significant amount of dancing and, and maybe the learning curve of, of him translating that into good NFL rushing production uh, might be longer than we think. Now, the pass catching should help alleviate a lot of that to fantasy, which is really all we care about anyway. But Saquon Barkley, maybe not the... Um, you know, the godsend that a lot of people think he might be. Well,
2: here, okay, two other points that we can make. He didn't have a lot of 100-yard games. That was something that was actually brought up, I believe, again, by R.C. Fisher and his Mm -hmm. guys. That's a pretty – you know, it matters. And you had brought up that their passing game was good and they didn't need him as much. Really, really really good. But if you were a transcendent talent, one of the best running backs of all time coming to the NFL,
0: you need to produce. You need to have those numbers. I would make the case that – part of the reason he did not produce on the rushing end was because he was producing so much on the receiving end. And Penn State wasn't just thrown to their receivers the whole time. He had 50-plus catches last year. You know, over his career, he had over 100 for,
2: you know, For a college running back, that's an excellent number. Right. 50-plus I mean, catches is crazy. So can I, the other, my final Yeah, yeah, or? do that, yep. All right, so I'm going to read off a few names
0: for you. Okay. And we're gonna start. We're gonna bring it back because a lot of people who are listening. Are old. Bring it back, Dave. Mind you old. We're gonna take pitchers. it all the way back. <laughs> what we're gonna do right now
2: is take it back. All right. So let's talk about running backs being drafted in the top 15 picks, right? Yeah. And I, I'm, oh, you know what, I'll go all the way back to '99 because these were successes. Edgar and James and Ricky Williams. They both. So over the
0: last long. 20 years, essentially, yeah. Well, 19 years because yep. we haven't had this draft yet. Right. So this is Edgar and James's draft.
2: Yep. So I'm gonna flip these down in wins and losses. Ricky Williams, Edgar, and James. Both were successful. Yep. We agree on that. Yep. All right. Um, 2000, in the Year 2000, Jamal Lewis, Thomas Jones, and Ron Dane.
0: Okay. One out of three is bad. So Jamal
2: Lewis and then Dane and Thomas Jones right. were not very successful. Although Thomas Jones, it, he, he it carved took out a career. while. He carved it's, out a career, but it was not.
0: Not instant. And, it, right. and it took several teams. 2001,
2: we had, well, Daney and Thomas. I think you can say he's an uber successful. success. Yeah. Uh, 2002 Nolan was drafted in the top 15, but uh, William Green and uh, T.J. Duckett went 16 and 18. So let's just leave that out. Of the con- you know, if I said top 18, those guys obviously right. sucked. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 2003 McGahee at 23, so he doesn't count. That's no problem. 2000. 2000- he would
0: have been top 15 if it wasn't for that injury, though. Right. 2004 nobody. Stephen Jackson was the first running back drafted at 24. That was like the first year of the hate of the running back, wasn't it? Well,
2: no. 2005 we had. Have- Three running backs drafted in the top five.
0: Oh, forget it.
2: That was Ronnie Brown. 0-1. Oh, Cedric Benson.
0: 0-2. Oh, and,
2: and Cadillac Williams. 1-3. and three. One,
0: just, You're giving I, him a – I was just kidding. All right, no, so that, they're
2: all misses. All right, and then, okay, you'll, you'll, I'm interested to hear what you're going to say about this. 2006, Reggie Bush went number two.
0: I, I mean, for fantasy purposes, I, I, I think he was great, but he was not – he did not live up to that billing.
2: You know what? We'll, let's put him in the win column. Even put him I, in the win. I don't really think he was a win. Okay. He's more like a tie, or probably then a bit. Then put
0: him in the loss column. All right, fine, fine.
2: We got a couple of winners coming up, and, and they are Marshawn Lynch and Adrian Peterson. Sure, and sure. All right. So those. So right now it's six to six heading into okay. 2008. Yep. Uh, Darren McFadden and Jonathan Stewart.
0: Yeah. And yeah. now that's
2: two more crappy guys.
0: Well, I mean, Stewart wasn't crappy, but he certainly wasn't He's good. Terrible. He wasn't terrible. He's the worst. No he Sean Moreno. was
2: not the worst. 2012 pick and 2009, No Sean Marino.
0: He had one good year. <laughs> terrible, was not it?
2: All right. Uh, 2010, CJ Spiller
0: went ninth overall. You know, he, he was pretty awesome. <laughs> for dude, dude, you, for dude, one year. Was it one year? Spiller had I thought it one was One good year. All right. Okay. If it was one year, that's too I will, bad. I'll argue until I'm dead. He, he has had that. You know spot. what sucked with him is he had that ankle injury, and he never got for the rest he of his career back. never got over it. Right. Uh,
2: 2012... Uh, Trent Richardson. Yeah, he's bad. So now, right now, it's six to eleven. Luckily, we have, we have some good news coming up here.
0: Thank We'd this right. have to be. Uh,
2: 2012 nobody. 2000. Uh, actually, wait. 2012 was Richardson. Sorry. 2013 nobody. Go was the first guy. Right. Then uh, 2014 nobody. The second round was the first pick. That was Stanky. Uh,
0: 2015.
2: Okay, I think. Okay, we have Todd Gurley, who's a definite success.
0: Yeah, he had one good year.
2: Yeah, he's gonna be. He's
0: fine. He had two good years. Two
2: years. Um, Melvin Gordon. I'm, yeah, he's successful. I'll put him as a, him yeah. as a win, but we'll see. Um, he was top fifteen. Oh, uh, yeah, I went fifteenth actually. Oh, okay. 2016, Ezekiel Elliott, so he's
0: a win. He had one good year. <laughs> actually, no, he had he had another had two good years. So yeah, he, okay, Elliott's a win. So in 2017,
2: we have a uh, Hornet and McCaffrey, and I think they're to You know, the
0: thing is, we're including these guys as wins, and if if we were to were to apply the same logic to these right. previous guys, they might even be losses. Could be, yeah. So, I mean, this this is, what what was the 40. final tally here? It's 11 to 11. Okay, so it's 50-50. You could make the case pretty easily, and I wouldn't disagree with you, that the hit rate among top 15 running backs in the NFL draft is actually less than 50%. It's in
2: the neighborhood. It's at 50 at best, right? When yeah, you say 50 at best. So, so think about that for a minute. You know, this guy, and in, in his numbers are amazing, transcendence to talent, but he's got a few flaws. Yeah. There is a chance he busts. Why? What's just? I mean, Trent Richardson coming to the NFL. People just use the bona fide number one pick, no matter what. Yeah. Yep. So you know,
0: we'll all leave that down. out there. Now to sum this up, just so you don't get the wrong idea of what the conversation is. We still like Barkley. He's still number one. If he was That's the one, if you had the 101 rookie draft pick and you were drafting tomorrow, I would be taking Barkley. So would I. Dave would be taking Barkley. Right. Fire beware. Probably because other running backs are,
2: you know, this is a super deep running back
0: class, but others are actually more of a risk. Question from the chat room from our resident Ivy League professor, WASP Guy. <laughs> Whom do you believe is the most currently overrated rookie running back? Do you have a feeling on this, Dave? I would have said Nick Chubb before I talked to Joe Payne tonight. Now I'm not sure because I, I think Chubb might be a little bit underrated at this point. Um, you could say Barkley, you could say Geis. Ronald Jones is another guy, um, Royce Freeman, Rashad Penny.
2: I, I don't, you know, I don't really know if I have an answer, because the only one who's, like, super crazy hyped is Barkley, and everybody yeah. else is just... No one's... I don't think anyone... Actually, when you look at these speed
0: scores, I don't think anyone's
2: actually being overhyped.
0: Yeah. You wouldn't say Kalen Ballage. Well,
2: I mean, today, he had the second-highest speed score. He ran a you know, 115 speed score. Right,
0: but... Again, this is a guy that was expected to test very well athletically but at the Combine. He also had
2: a 6'9", 13 cone at 228 pounds. That's, like, that's not as good as Le'Veon Bell or David right. Johnson, but it's still pretty darn good.
0: And he's shorter than what we thought. So maybe we're <laughs> That's we're, right. He came in under the I think one. we had this conversation under off off air yeah. about the you said he's too tall to be a running back. Maybe we had it on the air. We were talking yeah, we
2: were talking about it and we I I said, well, he's too tall. Yeah,
0: and, and because he was like six two or whatever, but he measured in at like six foot. Six no, I thought it was 6'1", and was change. It six uh, see, you're right. No, it was six one and change. But it's not it's not Brandon Jacobs at
2: six four, two sixty like we talked about earlier. So yeah, bigger than some
0: blocking form. So yeah, I guess Kern, the the uh the the reason, or I, I guess I don't have an I, I there's guys I like and I don't like right now, but I don't think there's a, a super overrated guy at this point.
2: In in the chat room, I was posting some of the speed scores. This is an an historic, yeah. historic, an historic, class of yeah, of running backs as far
0: as speed scores go. Yeah.
2: I've never seen there's ten running backs at 104 or higher. I've never seen I've never seen
0: that many. Get those drug tests out in Indy.
2: We've got to figure this out. Maybe, yeah, maybe they switched up the 40s on.
0: Who knows? Uh, maybe they're using a juiced uh stopwatch, Dave. You never know. <laughs> uh, baseball. Ozzie no. Newsom admit, admitted the team is uh, resetting at the wide receiver position. Uh, Jeff Zrebic, I hope Thank I'm pronouncing God. his name, uh, doesn't expect either Mike Wallace or Jeremy Macklin to be back with the team. Michael Campanero is a free agent. And uh, Newsom said training camp is a make-or-break uh, session for – uh, 2015 first rounder Brashad Perriman. Chris Moore is the only other guy on the roster, Dave. The reason I bring this up, fantasy purposes if they trade for Jarvis Landry if they draft somebody in the first round we will be bumping him up in our rookie drafts and we will be looking uh, at uh, a lot of fantasy goodness from whatever uh, receiver becomes the number one guy there.
2: Yeah, 100%. When I mean, you look at these look at these receivers they're just like the worst. Macklin, Wallace, Campanero, Perriman
0: <laughs> and this I'd glad I mean, I to use him. I cut them off. Yeah, and by the way, this is a this is a, a guy um, or a team that the year before, correct me if I'm wrong, had Steve Smith on the roster too. You know, S- Smith now probably couldn't come back, but last year he probably could have. He probably could back. have. He probably sure, could have. Sure. Get back to the rookie running backs. Darius Geis ran the forty today in four point four nine seconds. This is uh, what Chase Goodbread tweeted out today. Uh Geis is a larger human being, 224, 5'10 and a half and uh, got up 15 reps on the bench. So this, this Which is actually pretty
2: crummy for a 224 NFL running. Yeah, it's
0: not great. I don't know how long his arms are. Um, but, oh, you uh, break? Well, I, okay, you bench press. Would you not say that it is difficult, more difficult for a guy with longer arms than shorter arms? Yes, yes, I would agree it is more difficult. <laughs> the defense rest counts. Or your <laughs> First of all, you don't even
2: know how long his arms are. So no, you that's, that's up, it. That's like, it. You know, whatever excuse for him is. Hey, he might have the long, okay. arm, the long arm. syndrome.
0: Okay. Maybe there's a chance Occam's razor. Maybe he's just weak. Maybe he is. Or maybe his power comes in his in his legs because that's how he won a lot of battles at LSU, was bowling over guys, but you know, just by getting low and, and using his, his you know, his core and his lower body power. Good point. Um, is he your number two running back right now? Uh, yeah, you guys, now he is. Okay. He had he had like, oh, I think a one ten speed score. You, you posted them all in the chat, and I was trying to keep up with this. Yeah, sure. I know. We should just read I can them. Right write, I can write for them up. Yeah, why, we, just go ahead with the speed scores today, because uh, we alluded to how historic they were. Our ball is
2: 115,
0: also that 6913 phone. Barkley,
2: 124, as noted. Uh, Nick Chubb, 109. Uh a 10-foot, 8-inch well,
0: broad jump. Also just, Nick just for clarification for people who aren't necessarily familiar with speed score, it is a convoluted you know, calculation. But uh, is one? Are we saying 100 is average? 100 is considered pretty decent. Okay, 100. Okay, so average would be like what? 95. <laughs>
2: I guess when
0: you say yeah, I guess between I think, 95 like and 100 like a, like is a, average. Like
2: 100 is an NFL caliber running back. Okay, and there you go. Like Perfect. Enough, okay.
0: okay. So you had 109 for who? balance? For, for Chubb. Oh, for Chubb. Yeah. So okay. Ballard
2: 115, Barkley 124, Chubb 109, Freeman 10. I'm going to just run it up. One 108, Geist 110. Penny 111. Yeah, that's a, oh, that's a lot of that's, that's a lot of people. Penny. Yeah, Penny, who's Mr. the guy who just produces the yards and the yards yeah. and the yards, he's actually putting up some good athleticism. Um, Jarvi and Franklin weighs 239 pounds, 104. Where's he from? Um, I don't know right in front of me here, but uh, let me see. Franklin,
0: Franklin. Franklin. Well, I can uh, look it from up.
2: From Western Michigan. Well, okay. And he had a 6933 cone. Roll Row that boat. Uh, Heinz. Naheem a, Hines, yeah. Yeah, one hundred seven point six, which is really impressive considering he's a, a shrimpy dude, one hundred one ninety eight. Naheem
0: Hines, point. spoiler alert: he also had the fastest combine time of, of any running back uh, uh, at four, th- nine, today. At four three eight is what I had three, with with uh, my stopwatch. Okay. Uh, no Sony
2: Michelle, uh, one hundred point seven five. So it's a, a tad bit disappointing yeah. for him. Yeah. Uh Ryan Nall, one hundred five point four, and a 6.95 free cone. Uh-huh. And, uh And the oft-hated by Ron Meyer. Uh, Both Scarborough, yeah, 109.2 speed score, 11 foot 4 inch broad jump, and I don't have his vertical. Oh, 40 inch vertical. Yeah, dude, those are those are pretty sick numbers, actually. Yeah,
0: no, he he did very well today.
2: And uh, again, Barkley and Chubb both benched 29 times
0: on the bench and uh, tied for the best among the. And Chris
2: Warren, who had a 6.98 three cone, also had 25 on the bench press. Yeah,
0: and he weighs 247. Bit of a sleeper, too, Chris Warren. He might not get drafted, but, you know. Yeah, there, there's a lot of... I remember, you know, throughout his career at Texas, there's a lot of people that said, hey, watch for this guy at the next level. So, another guy to be paying attention well, to. One
2: person, actually, I, I think might be overrated, because I was rating, was Mark Walton. Ran a 4.640 yeah. four, at 202. That's not
0: good enough now, really not. now you do that you, you fake a hamstring injury at the end and you say hey look <laughs> like, like i'll be did. better for my pro day that's what you do that's what you got to do and yeah i let us
2: die for the next 14 yeah
0: years. um so yeah so mark walton i i read that he met with the eagles and the giants today giants would be an interesting landing spot if he was to uh get drafted by them uh nick chubb just to kind of wrap things up here i uh, ran the 40 and Four five three. 3", he is five 5'10", 227 pounds, so certainly a four five three. that's pretty good. And considering he got 29 reps, uh, also very, very good. If only, Dave, you wouldn't have torn that ACL. We might have a conversation for who the best back in this draft is between Saquon Barkley and uh, Nick Chubb. Well, you know, he's still, you know,
2: it's just another year away, you know. I think that he's still now that recover- recovered. Another year recovered?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and remember, you know who he backed up at Georgia? Uh, yeah, Trent Richardson. No, that is incorrect. <laughs> do you seriously know or do you not know? Um, me think Give me a, a hint. He's going at the 101 in FFPC right now. Yeah, yeah, right. So there you go. Speaking of running backs in the FFPC, let's talk about how they finished this past year, uh, Dave. Unless know, you are we still doing that? Thing? Yeah, we're still doing that. Do you have anything <laughs> else you want to say about any uh, rookie running backs today that we didn't cover? I mean, we'll obviously actually, I do. do it more. One other okay, thing go we've... ahead.
2: Carryon uh, Johnson from Auburn. Yeah, he, I kind of like him. He didn't run at all. Why but, that? I,
0: I don't know. I mean, he chose not, jerk not to. He about.
2: chooses not to run. I'm not going to run, but you know, it's interesting. He must, not, he must not. must not be a He weighed 213, but he had a 10 foot 6 inch, 10 foot 6 inch broad jump right. and a 40 inch vertical. Very good. Those are really great numbers. Yeah, so I'm inter- interested to see his running.
0: He actually is. Uh, um, I, I was surprised um, going at the 1403 in FFPC best balls right now. It's amazing you have an ADP already for this. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, Darren Armani, fantasymojo.com. Check it out. Um, so that is it for the rookie running backs. We're obviously going to get way more into that over the next uh, few weeks and, and months uh, heading into the uh, NFL draft. Okay, so let's talk about how the running backs finished. I believe you have a sheet there of how they did finish somewhere over there by your sheet. Oh, do I? Do you not? I got it, sure. You got it. Okay, oh, perfect. All right. So I don't like to look in the past. I think looking in the past is a great way to predict the future. So we're going to go ahead and do that right now. (laughs) Dave, look at on that list, the number three running back. uh, First of all, Todd Gurley, Bell, one and two, going one and two in FFPC drafts right now as well. Alvin Kamara finished third among running backs last year. Uh, He is going at the 107 in drafts as the RB5. Mark Ingram finished as the fifth running back last year. Only a mere 17 points behind Alvin Kamara, yet he is going as the RB 14 in the early third round. Call me crazy, but I think there's something wrong with that disparity.
2: <laughs> well, if you assume they're going to finish exactly the same next year, uh, yes. Yeah. But you know what's actually kind of okay. you know what's actually kind of funny. All right. You know, I think if, if I think if there was a, if you were betting in Las Vegas and they put a line on. Mark Ingram versus Alvin Kamara, most fantasy points. I bet you would be pretty close to a pickup. like really pretty close.
0: If, if last year it Even was, regardless of – You know, just you know honestly, bad. I might take Ingram. Think about it's how – It's a lot safer. Don't you think Ingram's safer? Yeah, safer? Yeah, I do. Think about you know, how insane Kamara's season was last year. The big runs, the touchdowns. You know, it was – it was It was crazy. I'm sorry, I'm getting verklumped, apparently. Yes, you're getting you're – don't so start crying. Just, I'm not going to start crying. <laughs> Go ahead and talk a little bit about why you believe Ingram is the safer pick while well, I get some water before I die. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you put the show on pause, it sounds like it. So anyway – It's not on pause. <laughs> well, it, you know, the, the thing is, Sean Payton is not too much a to coach, and he never does this. He always uses his running backs the same way every year, year after year. Even if, if, if the running back is not, you know, you don't draft the guy, you don't even like him, he's not that productive, he's still going to use him the same way. So Ingram was actually productive. He really put up good numbers. He's a great goal linebacker. And he can, he can actually catch a ball on first and second down. So I don't see any reason whatsoever for them to change up the running back usage when he was so
0: successful last year. I will, you know, Ingram was my zero RB guy last year, and I really can't do that this year because he's going in the third. But, man, if I go receiver, receiver to start, I have no qualms taking Mark Ingram in the early third, and I would much rather have Ingram in the early third than I would Alvin Kamara in the mid-second. Moving on, down this list, you have uh, familiar faces like Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Sean McCoy, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette. You get to number 12, Duke Johnson Jr., Cleveland Browns running back, finished as the number 12 running back last year, actually finished less than a point uh, away from uh, Jordan Howard for 11th on the list, Um, and he actually uh, is going at the 512 in drafts right now uh, as the RB23. Dave, he might be a good zero RB candidate guy. The only thing that could potentially screw him over, the aforementioned Saquon Barkley being drafted by the Browns. Oh, you mean like a 90% chance of it's Do you think it is 90% that he goes to Cleveland? No, you know what
2: I don't. I don't think it's 90. I think it's it
0: actually is more like 70, 60. But I think the Giants think, would be you know, crazy enough to take him at 2. This
2: is pretty okay, this is actually a pretty easy discussion in my opinion. I think that the Browns they have the 1 and the 4 pick, Yeah. Right? And it's it's who they, it's the uh the Colts and they have nine, the 3. Giants Giants are at 2, Colts are at 3. They both need running backs. Yeah. So obviously the Browns
0: I, take Barkley number I, one. I don't think it's going to work like They're
2: that. They're going to take Barkley number one. The Giants maybe will take whoever. So the thing is, if both teams need running backs and quarterbacks, I guess. They both call, the
0: quarterbacks all are three deeper. Teams, they need everything. They, yeah, they need mm-hmm. a lot.
2: What they need to do is even trade down and get more picks. You know the Browns have a ton. Yeah. I think they take Barkley number one.
0: I, I really don't. And I'll tell you what. I will put five on that right now. You know what? I don't think it's better than a 50% proposition. Okay. So I won't. Fair enough. I am not going to call you out on, on that because I, maybe I, mean, it's, uh, I get
2: it. Sam Darnold, the guy with the face I can't stand, so I'm not going to like him ever
0: in the NFL. Uh, okay, so Duke Johnson, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Duke Johnson, your thoughts on him at, at the end of the fifth? You would not be targeting him there because of the Barclay factor. Probably he's not, actually. Him. I, I like I like Johnson's skill set. But I just feel like he's in the, not going to get the same opportunities this year. Think fast. Think fast. Who's the Ravens starting running back? Jamal Lewis. No. Oh. <laughs> Think a little bit slower. Buck Allen? It's not Buck Allen. <laughs> Alex Collins, ended the year, as the Ravens.
2: Oh, yeah, RB that player. guy. Okay. That guy who I picked up for free all the time. Yeah,
0: and he's going at the 704 in drafts right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he finished as the uh, running back 23 last year. You know what's interesting about that? Uh, no. He had a teammate finish as the, uh, as the uh, number 20th ranked running back last year, so ahead of him on the list, and that guy is going all All the way down in the mid 23rd round of best ball. And that is Buck Allen. Dave, don't forget about Buck Allen. We're talking about the Ravens remaking their receiving core. And right now, if that's the case and they're bringing in a bunch of new guys, who do you think Joe Flacco is going to be counting on? Free agent to be Danny Woodhead? I think not. Uh, It's going to be Buck Allen, who's going to be an underrated part of this offense once again. And for best ball drafts in the 23rd round, who are you drafting that's going to be better than him? This is a fantastic value. What round? 23rd. That is pretty insane. It's insane. So, you know what? I would, so again,
2: take Alex Collins where he gets drafted, right? In the early 7th. Sure, even a little earlier if you want. Okay. And then spend a 17th round. I'm talking, go up six rounds on Buck Allen. Who
0: cares? The difference is between taking the Cowboys defense and the Browns defense, right. or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Right now, um, the argument against this: Kenneth Dixon is coming back. I know you're not. Peace, okay, I was took the words out of my mouth there. And then uh, there's there's also the possibility that they could draft somebody as well. And there's and, definitely that chance. And maybe cut bait on, on one of these guys. I think they need. I, I think
2: I really like the way Alex Collins ran last year. When I you know, watch him, he looked yeah. really good.
0: I You know, I like – you know, it's funny about Alex Collins. He was one of my favorite running backs when he was a rookie, um, and I believe he was drafted by – Seattle? Was it Seattle? I felt like he was drafted by somebody, and then they cut him, and then Seattle picked him up. But maybe, oh, that, maybe that's a, that wasn't the case. I, I honestly can't remember anymore. Oh, sure. Um, but I remember talking about uh, – Vikings, Ravens, Vikings? Well, he's – I don't know. Who the hell knows? But it's not important. But I remember talking him up, and nobody – I couldn't find anybody else who really liked him. Um, who was the other guy? Jonathan Williams was his college teammate at Arkansas, and everybody really liked him. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong about Collins. Maybe he's not that good. And then, you know, Jonathan Williams doesn't even get drafted, and then he, he's on a team's practice squad, and then the Saints signed him off at their practice squad, and then they didn't play him, and then here Alex Collins is a starting running back, so – well, you know, Bucky, after you never talking, know. After talking about all these young studs soon to be running backs, Alex Collins, fifth round pick of the Seahawks, according to T. Packer. Thank you. Great. Now we're talking
2: about these, you know, these other guys who are not. We need, let's talk about some stars here, otherwise, okay.
0: To show let's bring it back. Last year, one of last <laughs> well, year. No, no, no. Another guy, a contemporary of Fournette, a guy that got drafted really high last year, uh, among those that big rookie crop, Joe Mixon. He finishes as RB32, yet he's being drafted as RB17 this year at the 309. A bit high, for my taste on a team that whose offense is, is no bueno and whose offensive line is even worse than no bueno. I can't do it either. I
2: mean, 3.8 yards per carry, you're going to have to prove it to me, Mixon. I know they said they're going to talk about him Gee, being – like the, the. I hope he is. Just calling him out on the show. Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about using him as the – the big running back on the team, they're going to get rid of Jeremy Hill fine. But the team, is, it's not well run.
0: I'm not a fan. No thanks. Let's play a quick would-you-rather with running backs that are going after Joe Mixon and drafts right now. All right. Would you rather have Joe Mixon or Carlos Hyde? Free agent Carlos Hyde. Free agent to be Carlos Hyde. Mixon. Uh, would you rather have Joe Mixon or Kenyon Drake?
2: Uh,
0: Mixon, because Drake, there's
2: a chance they draft a running back.
0: I agree. Joe Mixon or Darius Geis? Um, wow, that's pretty close. I'll take Geist. Uh, I think I'd still rather have Mixon because I think – you know what scares me is Geist could be drafted at the end of the first round and then just be ticketed for, like, a backup-type guy. And I don't want a backup-type guy with, eh, his, with his game. You don't draft a guy in the first round, so it's still on the bench. But Steelers anyway. might. Um, Joe Mixon or J.H.I.? I
2: don't like J.H.I. in general, so that's easy.
0: Joe Mixon or Lamar Miller? Oh, my God, even worse. Joe Mixon or Sony Michel? Mixon. All right. We've got to go the other way then. <laughs> Joe Mixon or Jordan Howard? I'll take Howard. Joe Mixon or Derrick Henry? Uh, <laughs> Joe Mixon or Mark Ingram? Ingram. Mixon's going right where we expected to, it's, apparently. It's the perfect ADP. <laughs> it's, just, it's just too high. It's too it, – the ADP
2: it must, is too damn high. You know what? I, I agree with where he's being drafted. That's where I'm going to
0: take him, 309. Uh, question from the chat. Wasp guy, what do you think of Chris Carson this year in the Dynasty? Not a fan and not a fan.
2: Yeah, I agree, actually. When, when you're talking about a, a one of two or three or four or whatever, and the team's always searching around trying to get stuff figured out at running back, they're, they're going to draft someone eventually that's going to be good.
0: Yeah. And, and not only that, the offensive line is in shambles, and not only that, the offensive coordinator they hired is Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah, Schottenheimer. There's bad. a lot to not
2: like. And the defenses in their division are all good.
0: Yeah. And the Seattle's defense is slipping a little bit. I yeah. mean, not maybe not the talent is still there, but they're losing these guys. They, you know, and I try they, they sorry. can't pay everybody. I try to feel
2: sorry for Russell Wilson, but all I do is I see him in that commercial with the headphones like that. So I just envision he's that he's spent his entire off season at a pool, like just I mean, listening to like beach headphones or whatever. You know those
0: pools in Seattle? Just actually, know what he's doing right I'm now? I'm sure he doesn't live in Seattle. He probably lives in L.A. I, I don't know where he lives. He uh, he's hitting home runs in the Yankees uh, oh, spring sure. training. Yeah, we're in
2: Durham, North Carolina. No, they uh,
0: Clearwater, Florida, I believe is where they were. Hackensack, New Jersey. Definitely not Hackensack. It's way too cold there right now. Final thing I want to wrap up with here uh, tonight, Jamal Williams, the number 37 running back last year. Aaron Jones finished as number 61, Dave. So big disparity there. However, you look at their ADPs this year, Jamal Williams, 907, Aaron Jones, 909. One of these guys is being drafted incorrectly. Who is it? Or is it both of them? Is Williams going too late and Aaron Jones going too early? I mean, what are your thoughts here?
2: You know, I can see drafting the pair, but I still don't really like it. I I just don't don't think any of them are all that great. Rodgers is going to throw in the red zone. And, you know, this is a new GM. There's always a chance. He just takes a crap all over those guys and drafts another running back in the second or third round. What's to stop him from doing it? He has a clean slate. Yeah. So if he likes some guy, let's say – I don't know. One of these guys, Geist. Let's say Geist falls beyond the second round, middle. Of, where the Packers Middle of the round?
0: Middle, uh, middle of the round. Of the second round or whatever.
2: Boom. Oh, see you later. Both those guys are crap. Uh, I mean, there's really. What do you think? Twenty yeah. percent. I think there's a twenty percent chance. On. Hold on. Hold
0: on. I don't necessarily disagree with that, <laughs> but I think that twenty percent is awfully high of a percentage for them, knowing the Super Bowl window they're in right now, to take a. Uh, running back there when they they know they need difference makers on defense. Okay, so I don't I I, I think twenty percent is high. I'll also say this this might be picking it. I'm Nick. not going to respond. Go ahead. I don't believe Geis really fits their offense as well as some other running backs. Well, would. I was just throwing it in. I, and I figured as much, which is why I didn't want to like make a huge deal out of it, but I did anyway. <laughs>
2: so anyway, so 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 who would be a really good fit for them since you're very knowledgeable? Well. I Tony, would, I, I, your, your beautiful Packers offense. I, I would
0: tell you like Stony Michelle would be interesting there. Um, <laughs> Ronald Jones would be an interesting guy. I'll tell you what, if they wanted to wait past the second round, I'd like to see a guy, and again, this might not be the perfect fit, but and then, maybe this is just me liking Royce Freeman, but I, I think he is going to be an underrated pro too. I, there I you think are, he's huh? going to be very, very uh, good this year. Uh, and, and going forward. Uh, so that is going to wrap up how the running backs finished this year, Dave. I don't think you have any further comments on that. It was just a return of running backs. Do you know how many are going in the first round of FFPC drafts right now? Let's go with nine. That is dead on nuts. Uh, you are correct. Good. Um, the uh, first round running backs right now going in drafts, which you can sign up for at myffpc.com. Gurley, Bell, Elliott, David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Fournette, Gordon, and Saquon Barkley. Uh, the only other uh, players going in the first down, as far as ADP is concerned, Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and Odell, I want $20 million a year, Beckham. Did you talk about Beckham
2: on your show on the score this year, this week?
0: Um, what we what, what time is that on? We briefly touched on him, uh, I, but it wasn't that much. Uh, you can uh, check it out the last <laughs> Thursday of every month. Our next show, I believe, is March 29th. Oh, that's right. Now, is it monthly now? Yeah, it's monthly well, until of so 1st. Yeah, so I won't talk about it a whole lot, but oh, when fine. I do, I will tell you <laughs> that you can listen to it at uh, AM 1570, uh, FM 95.3, and FM 99.1 if What's you are right, in the Oshkosh community, or listen live to thescorewi.com, and check out the uh, podcast of the show right on there as well great. in case you want to stream Thanks. it. So, yeah, great stuff. So great stuff from uh, Joe Pano tonight. Follow him on Twitter at Pano. And you can check out all of his uh, musings uh, at rotoviz.com and 2 Great stuff there, guys. Come on. There's a guy that turned you on to Wentz and you didn't listen. There's a guy that turned you on to Kamara and you didn't listen. Myself included. I'm holding myself accountable for this. Pay attention to what Joe Pano uh, talks about this year because he won six FFPC basketball using his um, own advice. Uh, Dave Gerzak, I want to thank him, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and, of course, all of you. A very special happy birthday Uh, goes out to Rick Schwartz, former guest of the show, former Yahoo Fantasy football sports host, and the guy who drafted an FPC draft while getting a hurricane warning on the uh, island of Hawaii. So, great stuff from him. Uh, Sixth place FPC auto-drafter, a guy who almost auto-drafted all the way to $250,000. Clay Corcoran joins the show next week. Can't wait to hear about this. Register for Best Balls now at myffpc.com. Your combine weekend Enjoy it. it. officially starts This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
1: Big dog stay on the court. Slow the whips. Slow the whips. Slow the whips.
0: And this will be a little bit extended. I forgot to read an email. Oh, great. Show. To whom it may concern. I just signed up for the annual revelations draft. This league <laughs> has taken over Genesis as the best league the FFPC offers. In addition to two Packers, world famous post draft review is now looked at as the most prestigious league in fantasy sports in the world. Yes, that's right. The world. Plus, there are sponsorship deals in the works in addition to the two secured last year. Side note that Jameson was delicious. When I went to sign up, I noticed there are several other live drafts being offered prior to this one. In the past, Revelations has kicked off the official live drafting season and receives a full exposure on Eric Baldwin's high-stakes fantasy football hour. Rumor has it, this year, Genesis was to make an exodus from the show and the full two hours would be devoted to Revelations. After seeing there are many live drafts going off before Revelations, here is a snippet Wow, I was going to keep talking. Here is a snippet of what went through my head. What in the bleeping bleep is bleeping going on? What the <laughs> bleep is up with all these bleeping live bleeping drafts, bleeping taking place before bleeping revelations. These bleeping bleep pie bleepers are going to bleeping hear about this from bleeping me, right bleeping meow, mother bleeper. That is from tupac So... I want to let everybody know that the 150 classics are the official kickoff, although we have some 35s and 77s that happened beforehand. Uh, what I cannot guarantee is that Revelations will be dominating the full two hours and that Genesis will be making an Exodus day because uh, for the first time in, what, two years? Yeah. Genesis filled up before Revelations. That's pretty impressive. We must have gotten some new blood in that by week. That's the rumor. I also heard that some people are in both leagues. Which is nice to me. Yeah. You know,
2: that's, that's like being a Jewish and a Christian.
0: <laughs> to, to each their own. <laughs> uh, so Mazel Tov and Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll see you for those drafts. Talk to you next week.